Folks, hello. We are live. Welcome to Dancers. This is the live show that I do that's interactive. You can uh, say anything. Well, you can't say anything in the chat. You can say anything that is uh, legally allowed and permissible by whatever country or province you reside in, in the live. My name's Dan Donahue. People ask questions. I give them answers. Very often, people will ask insane questions. I shouldn't say that. Here's what I'll say. They ask questions that people may think are insane. I don't. I think that people have very interesting things to say and ask. And I think some people don't. And you're going to get questions from both kinds of people. I have a slideshow that plays the questions right over here. And we're going to get right into it. Okay? Oh, first of all, I hope you all had a good New Year's. Um, I hope you're awake. I hope you're alive. And I hope whatever goals you have are already slowly fading by the wayside. Let's get started. Great. This person says, developing a crush on my therapist. Normal, good, or normal, question mark, bad, question mark. Well, here's the thing. The answer can be both. That's not, those two aren't mutually exclusive. In fact, normal things are often incredibly bad. What, this is, this is something that, like, the doctor, uh, you'll go to a doctor's office and the doctor will be like, oh, your blood pressure is normal. And it's like, compared to who? Other people? That's terrible. That's, that's the kind of answer I'll give to this is like, maybe it's not. A great thing, but I think it happens to a lot of people. There's a specific word for developing a crush on your therapist that I can't really recall, but they have like, it's like a medical term. And they say that it's not bad to develop a crush on your therapist because you could be essentially, your openness and relationship with this therapist will become very close. And openness and relationships are something that you can sometimes uh, conflate in your head as being romantic when, uh, especially if we're in a situation in which we're dating a lot of, uh, people and that's how we get our close connection. If we don't have a lot of close familial ties or friends, we'll equate every close relationship with a feeling of intimacy. That's one reason. Or the second reason is that your therapist might be fucking hot, right? Now we can't forget that that might be the case. Okay. It could be that you're uh, creating a intense sort of codependent bond that will be worked out and then healed within yourself through the relationship with your therapist, or your therapist is just hot. You know what I mean? And uh, and I think you need to take both of those into account. And maybe, maybe you know, and I, and I feel for the hot therapists out there. Okay, and this is this is a group of people. Listen, no one talks to, not no one talks about. Tough, tough. Okay, because I know that I would not see a therapist that I found incredibly attractive. I don't know how many people would. That's a tough situation. I hope you're all getting through it. I hope all the hot therapists out there know that I'm, I'm feeling for you. And if you ever need someone to talk to, find someone else. Are you doing anything to prepare for the coming global depression slash climate apocalypse? Absolutely, I'm live streaming. 
I think that what people don't understand is, you know, they, they think the apocalypse is coming, which they might be right. And their way of combating the apocalypse, quote unquote, the apocalypse, right, is uh, is going to essentially be, you know, let, let's see, uh, getting water, canned food, learning how to change a tire, right? Boring stuff, stuff that you don't need anymore, right? No one, who needs that? Uh, uh, not me all right i have i have billions of dollars to have people do that stuff for me no see the 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 apocalypse will come right certainly but it's not going to be in the form of like a mad max thing with with the apocalypse uh, computers and uh, media will basically infuse itself with our lives in a very intense very interconnected very dark way and uh, what's going to happen is you're going to need to learn how to live in a new landscape, a media landscape. So the answer is yes, I am preparing for the global depression slash climate apocalypse by live streaming. Okay, this is going to be the currency of the future. And, you know, people may go live streaming is frivolous. Live streaming is a, a brain dead. Uh, you couldn't even call it an art form. Just a sort of uh, horrible white noise that people cascade over their brains to make up for the fact that they don't really have any connections anymore and haven't for years and years and years. And to them I say, stop being mean to me. Next question, great question. Does it ever seem like people grow colder emotionally with each passing year? Just me? This, now this is a great question. This is also a great way to start a first date. And I don't know why more people don't do that. This is a great way. This question isn't just a question. This question is a great way to start a friendship, right? That's, does it seem to you like people grow colder emotionally with each passing year? Just me? I'm Dan. That's, now that's an opener. That's a way to start something. Does it seem like people grow emotionally colder with each passing year? Rebecca, nice to meet you. Have you, have you ever felt the, the gnawing uh, talons of life digging into your skin, reaching levels of pain within yourself that you didn't even know were possible? Trevor, nice to meet you. That's good. That's nice. I like that. Do you ever, but do I ever feel like people grow emotionally colder with each passing year? You know, I feel like it comes in seasons. I feel like it goes ups and downs. You'll have, you'll have years where you go, I am the coolest guy ever. I have so many friends. Life is good. A lot of people uh, hit that stride when they're about eight years old, and then it doesn't go up from there in, you know, modern, uh, in the modern day age. In the modern day age. But no, I do feel, I do feel like uh, it can be an adult experience to find that people get colder. I mean, life starts kind of taking over. You find the, you've, realize that you need to spend more time with your family right um you uh you have friends get involved in multi-level marketing schemes that uh takes their you know entire ability to communicate with you away from you right um people start getting into steampunk one of the scourges on modern society is people actively getting into the steampunk lifestyle Sure, it starts with maybe a fun hat or a monocle here and there, and then two years later, they're they're freebasing 
pocket watches right in front of your eyes and they think it's going to get better. It doesn't get better. But yeah, I, I do feel that. And, and I feel like you have to kind of actively combat that in yourself as you get older. I feel like as you get older, there can be a tendency to emotionally get colder within yourself. And it's, it's an active practice to try to not be that way with your friends. And it happens, I think, to everyone in different degrees. And, uh, and I hope you can avoid it. But I don't know. Sometimes the questions end on a really happy note where we figure things out. And sometimes... Sometimes they don't. What's your definition of patriotism? As a man with a mullet and a denim jacket, I feel uh, obligated to answer this question. And I'll answer it in two parts. Patriotism is actively assessing and trying to improve the not only the lives of you and the people close with you, but the lives of every American and also drinking 15 beers. That's patriotism, okay? Patriotism is constantly questioning systems, particularly systems of oppression that keep people down because it isn't what it isn't what America really means and stands for, the constant march towards uh, progression and to try to make things a little bit better here and there and to also drink 15 beers in one sitting. That's what patriotism means to me. Patriotism is uh, patriotism is getting into selling uh, nutrition supplements online to a point where people who are close to you leave you, and people who become close to you are less uh, less human, more robot. Uh, patriotism is getting one of those uh, ads on Facebook for free Ray Bans, only to discover you don't get free Ray Bans, and actually. You're locked into this sort of like horrible group chat with 30 random strangers, none of you know and none of you that, that you connect with, and also drinking 30 beers at one time. That's America. Thank you. Great question. Wow, we're getting a lot of questions about friendship and togetherness. You know, the holidays do really bring about a time where it's a, it's a mixed bag. I think some people really get close with their friends around the holidays and really come together. And I've, I've like this particular holiday, completely the opposite. I have felt so disconnected from a lot of people that I know and love and, uh, and it can be rough. But, so it's good to answer these kinds of questions. How do I build a good friendship with other men? Well, number one, drink 15 beers before going to any. So no, don't do that. Don't actually do that. That is not, I'll say this is one of the harder things to do. With uh, see, it you you get into this this really weird. It's a hard stop because becoming friends with other children when you're a child is so easy, especially boys. If you like Pokemon cards, you're done. You got it. You're good. You got friends. You got friends. They might not be the ones that you want. They might not be the ones that you desire. You might not think they're good people, but you got friends. If uh, in high school you get into you know, uh, what were the big things? If you like Monty Python enough, they won't be the best people to you, possibly. Like, I don't, it, it depends on how you see them, but you'll have friends. Then when you become an adult male, it making new friends as an adult male, I think, is about as hard as infiltrating a government base. I think it's about the same. Like, 
every Mission Impossible movie is so much easier than finding uh, a like solid adult male friend and because you know men get older men get uh men get a little grizzled to the world men start uh slowly realizing that they have irrevocable emotional damage that they cannot uh come back from that they've created through a life of uh, bottling up their emotions and thinking that's what trying to be don draper and thinking that's cool right and uh and you know that's just how that's just how it goes sometimes yes you can make friendships with other men is it easy no no i would say you got to approach a, a man that you want to be friends with the same way a lot of uh i'm sure zoologists approach bears in the wild you got to be you got to be okay with a little bit of tension in the beginning, all right. I've 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 met uh, friends who go to the same gym as me, and the way the friendship starts is I say hi to them, and they look at me like uh, like I just said whatever religion you believe is wrong. That's what they. If you say hi to a guy unprompted in the morning, and you're a guy, and you say hey what's up, you might as well. Sometimes, some to some guys, you might as well have looked at that guy and been like, uh, "Gravity's never existed." They'll they'll look at you like, "What?" But you have to keep doing it. You have to keep saying hi. You have to keep maybe maybe extend a sugar cube to the man. That's how that's how people can win me over. They just throw a little sugar cube at me and they go here here, and then I become their friend. That that can happen. That can happen. But but it's repetition. And it's not taking anything too personally. It's not letting your ego get in the way of things. Because if you uh, if you try to become, uh, yeah, you go woe bear with your hands up. And if they if they are mean to you at first, you just keep pushing. You just keep pushing forward. Because eventually, the wall will break. Because there's a wall. A lot of guys have a have a wall. That that's the the big confusion over why is it so hard for men to make friends in adulthood? Because there's a fucking wall that you have to climb over and break through. It's not easy. It's not good. Doesn't feel good to do that. You don't want to have to climb over a wall as a man, but you, you gotta fucking try. Great question. I asked my coworker out before, and she politely declined. Still have feelings. What do I do? It's great. Uh, it's great when I get a question that can be answered not through a long rambling disposition, not through a uh, a sort of strange, uh, ever turning uh, answer that doesn't seem to have a beginning or end, just like this statement right here. It can be answered in one word. It's rare. Everything is nuanced. Things are sometimes hard to disseminate. But this question is very easy. I asked my coworker out before, and she politely declined. Still have feelings. What do I do? One word answer. Very easy. Stop. Okay? I know feelings are tough, right? We all have them. Well, some people don't. Some people don't. But most of us have them. Most of us have feelings. The question is, if I still have feelings, what do I do? You know what the answer is? Nothing. Nothing. Deal with it. Hey, 
crushes, listen to me, crushes are for children, okay? That's this, I do not mean to be rude here. I don't mean, I'm not saying that you can't have feelings for another adult. I am saying a crush, when you, when you're an adult and you have a, you have infatuation towards someone, it's, it's infatuation it's having feelings towards someone. And if it's pursued too far, it is a crime. Okay? So we want to stay away from that. Okay? Kids can have crushes. Kids can go, she likes me. I like her. I'm going to write her name over and over in my uh, journal. Ooh, isn't that fun? I'm going to... what? That's fine because you're a kid. You, you start going down that road as an adult. You are going to jail, okay? <laughs> if you asked your coworker out before and she politely declined uh, and you still have feelings, what do you do? Just empathize with that coworker and empathize with the discomfort that they may be feeling having to work with a person who they declined and you act accordingly. And I think probably the way you can act the most accordingly, don't be weird. Don't, uh, don't, I would say don't, uh, minimize their experience in any way. By that, I mean, like, if, if they, if your job is to get them copies and, uh, you, they decline for a date, God, if you start getting them copies slower because you're mad at them or disappointed, just quit. Find another job. Not worth it. Just stop doing that to them. This is why asking out a coworker usually a very bad idea, right, is the scenario which you are in right now. But if you already did it and you can't find another job, drop it, drop it, drop it. Sometimes the answers, sometimes the answers seem maybe harsh, okay? I hope that wasn't too harsh. But hey, it's tough. Oh, we got a question in the chat. Have you ever been to Morro Bay? I'm camping on the beach making chili dogs and hot chocolate. Is this Nirvana? I've never been to Morro Bay. It sounds good. It sounds like the kind of place uh, where you would find... uh, Find a situation in which you're eating chili dogs and hot chocolate. Is this Nirvana? Now, this is a very specific experience to me. Uh, I'm a person that likes the woods, likes camping, right? I, I enjoy it quite a bit. But there's an issue uh, with camping, and that's that you have to eat food with zero nutrients. Well, no, it has nutrients, but with no... Your shits are going to be tough for a little bit, right? Let's. I, I hate to be crass. I'm sorry for being crass. But that that is what it is. If you camp for a very extended period, the food that you're getting ain't that fresh, right? Trail mix. It, the body cannot live on trail mix alone. But those those beautiful moments, the first couple days of camping, where you're just having, you're eating chili dogs, right? You're drinking hot chocolate. You're, uh, you're mixing up those weird packets that people can make, like, essentially bootleg beef stroganoff. That's nice. 
That's that's good. I have not been to Murrow Bay, but that sounds very beautiful. Great question. See, this is what I love. Okay, here's here's the thing about this next question. The, I love the question button because sometimes you never know what you're going to get when you click the question button. Whenever I see the word prison in one of the questions, you know it's going to be something interesting. My favorite ex-stepdad is going to prison, and I'm sad, and the rest of the family don't know. You know what? When your ex-stepdad goes to prison, that's how you say it. You say the rest of the family don't know. You don't say doesn't know. No, no, no. That's if your ex-stepdad is going on maybe probation, if maybe they're getting like a financial slap on the wrist. But if, you're, if your ex-stepdad is going to prison, the family don't know. It's a great way to put it. First of all, let me congratulate you for having a favorite ex-stepdad. You know, when it comes to ex-stepdads, most of them kind of blur into one solid picture. Ex-stepdads, for the most part, blur together in this sort of mash of bud heavies and mustaches and weird jackets and uh, promises un unfulfilled, right? That That's usually the ex-stepdad's M.O. So, first of all, congratulations for having a favorite ex-stepdad. I'm really sorry that they're going to prison. And whenever I get a prison question without context, I usually answer them in the same way before going too far. And I get prison questions a lot, okay? Depending on what they did... Or depend, we have a, you know, there's corruption in the justice system, just like any system, right? So I'm going to use the word alleged. Depending on what they allegedly did, that is how you should act. If the rest, if, if he, uh, let's say, you know, if he tried to embezzle money from a, a multi-conglomerate, let the family know. Tell them. Tell them, hey, Uncle, uh... No, I guess you probably would call them uncle if they're your stepdad in some cases. Uh, So-and-so tried to do a heroic Robin Hood-style uh, act and got caught, right? That can happen. Or if it was something bad or violent, maybe, maybe a letter. Maybe send them a letter. Whatever happened to writing letters, you know? I think the only people who write letters now are people out of prison writing them to people in prison or vice versa. And that that is kind of beautiful in a way, okay? So your ex-stepdad, he's in prison. That's bad, right? I'm very sorry about it, but that's the reality. Let's go from there. Letter writing is a lost art form, okay? And maybe we could revisit it. I'm talking longhand. I'm talking cursive. You know when your teacher said cursive is going to be really important for you to know and then you grew up as an adult and you were like, absolutely not, absolutely no, it's not important for me to know? That does not apply when someone you know goes to prison, okay? So revisit cursive, the beautiful lost art form from days of yore. Are you kidding me? You could write a letter in cursive. You could say, uh, you could say things like... Um, Things ain't too good on the outside either. That's beautiful. 
That's beautiful. Good for you. Well, you know, I mean, not good for you. We are stepdads in prison. I'm very sorry for that. But we can learn. We can learn. We can uh, we can learn uh, prison lingo from them. Okay. All right. You get to learn what paperwork is. All right. That's pretty interesting. You get to learn what hooping is. All right. You get to learn what it means when someone says you need to hoop that right now. The guard's on its way. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that something? If we can take a good experience from a bad situation, isn't that what life is all about? I'm rambling, but I do feel that way, okay? But I'm very sorry that your ex-stepdad is uh, going to prison. However, the chances of an ex-stepdad going to prison are one in two, I would say. Ex-stepdads tend to end up in prison. I don't know why that is. I don't know what causes that. Um, I wish it wasn't like that. But ex-stepdads, a lot of the times, going into prison, coming out of prison. The ex-stepdad, a fickled, a fickled creature in our new, beautiful uh, family dynamic. And isn't that nice? Let's see what we have. Oh, this is a great question. I'm a third-year medical student. First of all, congratulations. Second of all, your question is, when should my wife and I have a baby? A year ago? You're a medical student. What better way to train your abilities than to have your wife or maybe you're the whoever's having the baby have the baby, and then you figure it out? That's that's a beautiful experiment. Now, I, medical school. I've known a lot of people who have been in uh, been in medical school, uh, who have gone to medical school, um, and those people, uh, you know, they seem to be having a tough time. I'm guessing I'm guessing medical school, probably out of your week, it probably takes five hours out of your week every week. And that's huge. That's a huge time commitment. Okay. I would say medical school, probably I, if ballpark estimate, it probably costs $10,000 a semester and it probably takes at least five hours a week. So that's tough. So maybe it's tough having a baby right now. Um, I'm obviously kidding. Medical school is crazy. And, uh, I, I mean, the feat of having a baby. Here's the thing. Here's here's why this question is out of my element. Sometimes uh, questions are out of my element. And, uh, and I always explain why if they are. And this one is. And I'll explain why. Now, let alone having a baby. The idea of attending medical school, to me, an internet uh, live stream guy who also does jokes doing dishes is so foreign and difficult to understand, uh, I can't even, I can't begin to approach it. So, unfortunately, I can't help you, but I will try. Oh, I have two audio sources attached to the scene. That is so embarrassing. Someone just let me know. Can you tell me if this makes it better? Please let me know. Um, is so foreign and, uh, so this, this live stream, we can kind of throw away, unfortunately, but thank for the people who kept listening while the audio was bad. 
Thank you so much. Um, th- 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 even having, I mean, like the, this is, this is just a different language you're speaking. So I don't know how much I could, uh, I don't know how much I could help you there, but thank you for the question and good luck with the baby and medical school and having an all around better life than me. Sometimes questions feel like brags. Okay. And that's just the whole and half of it. But I appreciate everyone who tuned in. I think that's the last. Oh, no, we got another one. We got a last question. What's the most memorable backhanded compliment you've ever received? Oh, I've gotten so many. The internet is just a a treasure trove of backhanded compliments. Here's, I'll tell you how to avoid a backhanded compliment. Specificity. Specificity, okay? That's how you handle a backhanded compliment. Or or you stop a backhanded compliment because you don't want to be vague. Here's a here's a compliment. If I was to compliment someone because I liked their style, right? Here's how to not do it. You be vague. You go, you know what I like about you? You just dress however you want. Now, I don't mean anything rude by that, right? I don't mean anything rude by that. But that person could very easily take that in a negative way. Now, let me do that in a more positive way. I like your hat. Just say I like your hat. You don't need to go the other. People, backhanded compliments usually aren't intended to be backhanded compliments. They're usually well-meaning compliments that you filter in your insecure, imperfect brain. And then uh, that kind of turns into something evil, right? So the way to avoid having people interpret your compliments, uh, interpret your compliments as being backhanded is just be specific. I like your hat. Your your nails are nice. You you look strong, much like an oak tree. Things of that nature. Great question. Thank you for asking it. Thank you all for joining me. Thank you, especially my first of all, first Twitch subscriber. That's pretty cool. Thanks for telling me about my mic. I really appreciate that. Uh, we are gonna be back. Uh, probably in a couple of days. I want to start doing this more regularly. I appreciate the people who tuned in. And uh, we're going to keep getting better. Thank you, everyone. Appreciate you.